Hello and welcome to the Tandem Collective Talks podcast. Tandem Collective celebrates books, film, TV, podcasts and more with our global community. We're Jen, Jade, Lucy and Lex, members and friends of Team Tandem. You might already know us from Instagram or TikTok, but if not, it's great to meet you and welcome. We're here to chat to you about what's new in the world of books, publishing and film, interview some of your favourite authors and hear your thoughts on what you're reading and watching at the moment. You can find us at Tandem Collective UK on Instagram and also Tandem Collective Global. Hello everyone, so it is Lex here today and if anyone knows me or my reading habits at all, it is that I love a good crime fiction novel. It is my go-to genre for nearly every mood. And I first discovered Claire McIntosh's writing when I first got to read I Let You Go, which I still tell people is the best twist that I've ever read. And then later I got to plan an event for Let Me Lie And then later still, Tandem hosted read-alongs for both the heartbreaking after the end and more recently, the roller coaster ride that is Hostage. So dub me the ultimate fangirl. I am unashamed. Today, I am lucky enough to have Claire with me over Zoom. and I'm absolutely thrilled to be able to chat to you today, Claire. Um, I'm so glad that you are featuring on our pilot season of our new podcast. Uh, So welcome, Claire McIntosh. (laughs) Thank you. It's such a pleasure to be here. I mean, I don't think I could have bitten your hand off any faster than I did when you invited me. Oh, as soon as I saw your yes in the inbox, I screenshotted it and sent it to the team. And I was like, look, it's a go. It's an absolute go. We're on board and we're making it happen. Um, So today, what we would really love to chat about is your use of social media. Um, At Tandem Collective, we regularly train in-house publishing teams and authors on their own social media practices. So you might be surprised to know how often we recommend authors checking out your social channels, your energy, your commitment, you're smashing it across a plethora of platforms. So kudos for you on that first point. But I think we would love to know, you have not always been an author. Um, So how has your life on social media changed since switching professions from member of the police to author? Uh, Well, yeah, there's a thing. There's something in between as well, which is quite relevant. So when I was a police officer, I had no social media presence with my real name. So I was on Facebook under a, um, an abbreviated name. I, I had a blog, quite a successful blog with a fairly big readership, um, but I blogged under a pseudonym because I couldn't have that crossover between work and home. So things were a lot easier when I left the police. And by then I'd really got a feel for what worked and what didn't on social. So I understood a lot more about how to encourage engagement, what was likely to be shared, what was likely to bomb. I could see what was working for other people. It's an area that I've always been really, really interested in. I, I did a, um, a management degree focused on marketing. So it's it's something that I've always loved, you know, content. It's, it's writing, it's storytelling, whether you're doing that in pictorial form or, uh, or, or with longer copy. And so because I was doing it successfully for my blog. I started doing it for other people. Uh, I ran social media feeds for a few small businesses, wrote SEO copy. um, And then I was headhunted by Philips, the electronics firm, who were looking for someone to run 
their um, community platforms. So they had about a million, million and a half um, women, mostly mums on their domestic appliance um, Facebook page. And they needed someone to create engaging content to build a community. Um, and it was right up my street. And so I did that for two years built the community, created loads of really cool content, learned so much on the job. So that when I then sort of segued into life as a, a full-time author, I had a fair amount of experience in running different sorts of platforms and different sorts of content. Amazing. So you know exactly what you're doing. Well, but this is the thing about social <laughs> media is do any of us really know what we're doing? We, we, what well, I think what, what we have, what we understand is that it is a fluid beast. It mm -hmm. changes all the time. The audience changes all the time. And if you remember just one thing from, you know, this podcast, it would be that you've got to keep moving. You've got to keep learning and reading and seeing what other people are doing and changing and trying and making mistakes. So speaking of keeping moving and keeping moving with the times, the past two years have obviously seen the flourishing of TikTok. And I know that you yourself are on TikTok as well. How are you finding that? And was it that need to keep moving that made you jump onto the platform? Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm cross with myself, actually, for not having joined two years ago. I'm late to the party. But perhaps, and we'll talk about this a little bit, perhaps it will encourage other people who maybe are thinking, oh, I've missed the boat. Well, they haven't because the boat, you know, you can get on that boat at any time. Um, but I'm, I'm cross that I didn't join earlier and I didn't do it because I'm ashamed to say I kind of wrote it off as being all about dance moves, all about lip syncing, all about young people wearing amazing outfits, looking really hot. And, you know, I don't tick any of those boxes. I just want to talk about books and writing. But A, that's not TikTok. TikTok mm -hmm. is, like all social media platforms, an umbrella platform under which are lots and lots of different communities. And so you can find your subsect really easily. But B, there's, there's a big part of me that I kind of lost when I left the police and set up my channels and, you know, established a brand identity. And the part that I lost was the slightly silly part. It was, you know, the part that likes making people laugh. The, the blog that I wrote was a, a largely humorous blog. And of course, I write dark twisty thrillers. Um, I don't tend to, to go for laugh out loud comedy. And I really missed that bit. And none of the other channels really, you know, sometimes I'll, I can make jokes on Twitter, but it, it's not really the same. What TikTok gives me is just a sheer joyous channel to be a bit silly to still stay on brand in terms of what I'm saying. I'm still talking about books and writing. I'm, you know, the messages that I'm saying are pretty much exactly the messages that I'm saying across Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, but in a very different way. No, I completely agree. And I think it's really nice to be able to see a different side of authors that we think we know really well from their work and recognize that, oh, these are real people who have lives and interests and you know are fully rounded people outside of what we know of them as authors. Something else that I would love to hear more about is your Facebook group. 
that you created for your most recent book, Hostage. I thought it was such a fun group to be a part of. Can you tell me about a little bit about how it came about? Yeah, so Facebook groups are huge. I tell anyone who will listen to consider building a community and, and building a group specifically, not just a page. So I've had various pages and, and I run them as offshoots of my core community group, which is the Claire McIntosh Book Club. And that has, has been in existence now for, I think, three years. It's got about 8,000 members. It's really active, really engaged, largely run by the members. So I've got a couple of moderators and I dip in and out, but really it's it's user-generated content. But with every book that, that I release, I like to have something specific for that book. And that's partly because I want somewhere where hardcore fans, you know, real loyal readers can find out a lot more. They can become really excited about it. But I'm not going to saturate my platform by constantly talking about one book because that is off-putting to some other people. So it gives readers a choice of whether they want to have the kind of 100% immersion of the new book in the run-up. So with Hostage, it, it was a gift because Hostage is a thriller set on an aeroplane. And so it lends itself really well to lots of fun marketing things, which you can't always do with crime novels because it can get a little bit distasteful. You know, if you've got a book about serial killers, you, you can't play games about serial killers it's just not the same but we could have a lot of fun and games with um aviation so we invited people to board this plane and what's interesting about the the vip lounge as it started is that what's the way that it was planned bears no resemblance to the way that it ended up but in all the best ways so the plan was we would create a facebook group we would invite anyone who wanted to to board could board but it would be a private group and I would plan and in fact I did plan almost six months worth of content and I was really pleased with myself for, for getting ahead of it planned it created graphics hadn't quite scheduled it but it was already and lined up and the idea was that I would ask a series of flight themed questions and um, you know share snippets from the book all sorts of things like that what actually happened was that after week one when we just had some general icebreakers I decided I would thank the people who were most active in that group and rather than just saying thank you I decided I'd sort of make them flight attendants of the week that would be, you know, that, that's quite a fun thing. So I did that and they just ran with it. So what happened was those six or so people who had been appointed flight attendants started handing virtual food around and telling people where to stow their luggage and warning them about turbulence and taking them to different places. And I watched this and there were, there were two things that I could have done. One of them is that I could have stuck to my plan and I could have rolled with my content and, you know, carried on creating the group that I'd planned to create. I didn't do that. I took the second option, which was <laughs> to let things happen, to let them unfold. And 
the the result was the most engaged group I have ever seen on Facebook, not just among my groups, but I have never been in a group that was so engaged. Also the most insane group. I mean, it 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 descended into complete fantasy. Every Monday I would do the crewing. So that was a, a a task on my to-do list each Monday morning, which I'd never expected, which was to appoint the new staff, you know, do the new staff roster for British Clairways or Macintosh Airlines or whatever we were calling it. And then those pilots and the flight attendants would run the group for the rest of the week. The pilots would take us to all sorts of different countries. We'd have photographs, we'd have folk tales about the, the city we were visiting, we would have amazing food and games. We had karaoke. We had dance-offs and uh, taekwondo lessons. I mean, just everything. It was kind of like the most bonkers cruise ship in the sky all happening on Facebook. And what I really loved about it is all of those things that you've just said kind of lean in to that element of TikTok silliness, that pure, unadulterated joy of just having some fun which I think in the past year we all really needed. And it felt like such a wonderful place just to watch things happen. We did. Yeah, absolutely. We did need that. And of course, it coincided with the fact that no one was traveling. We were all isolating. And, and so it, we were lucky in terms of the timing of when you want to put people on a virtual flight. So there were lots of things that, that worked well. I often sort of, when I'm evaluating these things, I have to bring it back to my core business and think, did this group sell books? Because ultimately that's what I do, isn't it? I write books and I want people to buy them. Did the group sell books? And it's impossible for me to answer that, but I think it did. And I think it did not because of the people in the group, because actually because of the design of the group, the people who boarded that virtual plane were existing fans. Now, they did bring in some people who were new to me. So there might have been some people who read the book um, because of that. But I think what it did was it created a huge amount of buzz online. So even people that weren't in this group were hearing about the group. People were talking about it on other social media platforms. People were sharing photographs and kind of in jokes with, uh, oh, Claire, it was great to see you in New York last week. You know, where are we going next? <laughs> And so I think it created a ripple effect that is great from a, a marketing point of view. But the most important thing it did, which is an intangible but invaluable thing to happen, is that it created real community and real loyalty and people who are waiting for the next group never mind the next book they're waiting for the next group they're hearing things about the book oh it's set in wales are we going to have a welsh group is it do we have to swim do we have to climb mountains they're already waiting to see what they can do they're going to bring their friends they're going to be talking about it more and that is what social media is is all about regardless of what product or service or whatever it is you're you're there for it's all about connections and community. I think you have entirely hit the nail on the hammer with Tandem's belief as well. You know, the words at the very kind of core of our business are connection and community. So yeah, it feels very good to be very aligned on that front. You mentioned that obviously your community had a huge help or 
a huge hand in the way that the hostage Facebook book club ended up. But it also sounds like you've put in a lot of work into Facebook, into keeping on top of the trends to make sure that you're on TikTok and on anything else. Is that what you expected when you became an author? And how much of your working world is writing versus everything else? It isn't what I expected, no. But I have created this. So nobody has said to me, you must do this. You must set up a newsletter. You must set up a Facebook group. And and I'll be completely honest, I do sometimes wonder, if I just stopped it all, would it make any difference to my books? You know, if I just said, all I'm going to do is write books. And, you know, you can talk about my books on social if you want, but I'm not going to be there. I, and I don't know. And there are two reasons why I wouldn't do that. And the first is that I'm too scared that actually it would make a massive difference. <laughs> um, and, you know, people just wouldn't hear about my books. But also because I wouldn't be able to write books if it wasn't for the readers. And so actually a large part of why I do what I do on social is not to sell books to readers, but to thank readers for having bought my books. And that's really important to me because I they have given me a second career. They've given me stability. They've given my children stability and a life that they wouldn't have had otherwise. You know, these are huge things. And if it makes a difference to their reading experience and gives them a more three-dimensional reading experience to be able to talk to me on social, then I think that's worth doing. It is time consuming and I haven't got the balance right and that's partly because I don't like to outsource. I have tried outsourcing in the past so I've hired people to create Facebook content for me um, and to be perfectly honest it hasn't it hasn't been where I would want it um, mm -hmm. and that just doesn't work for me. I've hired people to reply to messages and to post comments and engagement and and that doesn't work for me either and so actually what I've got to do is find a more streamlined faster way of doing things I've got to work smarter not harder because it is eating into writing time and mm -hmm. right now I mean today for example I, I'm actually editing not writing I have edited for two hours maybe an hour and a half and the rest of the day has it hasn't all been social but it's been uh, I've approved uh, my newsletter I have um, set up some marketing meetings I've looked at social content for January I've listened to some podcasts on content creation while I was decorating you know so it it's um it's in my head all the time and I think that's perhaps not the best balance for someone who really should be focusing on their books but I don't know what the answer is and if you have it at any point I'd be delighted to hear it. Oh I definitely don't have the answer for you at the moment. <laughs> I wish I could give you a golden nugget but what I can tell you is that being a bookstagrammer myself and being fortunate enough to spend most of my time around other bookstagrammers and content creators and book reviewers online, the relationships that they have with authors online are so validating and are so important. It feels so nice to be able to write a book review on a book that you've loved 
and you have put a little bit of time and effort into making something that you think is really nice and shows your book off in a great way. And then to get a little like or a thank you or even just like a, a, a very basic comment from an author saying thanks so much, that makes bookstagrammers days. It makes their weeks. So although it is very time consuming, I'm sure you must know at the other end of the DM, it feels wonderful to be able to have that relationship. And that is why we why we do it, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, I worry about the ones that I miss. Sure. Um, you know, if I if I look at my Instagram notifications, I cannot acknowledge everything. Mm-hmm. I, I just can't. E- even even with the speed of sort of going in and and double tapping, double tapping, double tapping, I can't get through everything. And I I do worry that I'll miss something that you know, someone's put a lot of work into Mm. and that upsets me. And so I'm anxious quite a lot of the time about the posts that I've missed, the tweets from someone who, you know, has perhaps has, has some people join Twitter just to send a message to an author that they love. And that's an Mm -hmm. incredible thing. And if you miss that, then it just feels very sad that they've not received a thank you for something so heartfelt. I understand that. I think that makes sense as a as just like general human conversation but also something that I think is really prevalent particularly with your Instagram feed and something that we make note uh, to author that authors that we are training is that you present yourself as a fully rounded human being you are not a sales machine you are not churning out books left right and center because that's everything that you do and I think where you are showing that you are a fully rounded person. Readers and bookstagrammers also respect that as well. You know, you can't be expected to respond to every single DM and every single shelfie or stack or everything because you would be a machine. Yeah, absolutely, because it's not just the UK either. That's, you know, I'm, mm-hmm. I am like lots of authors published in lots of countries, 40 odd countries. And so they, you know, they, that hashtag on your own name comes in in so many different languages and it's amazing to see the book covers um but if you want to read them sometimes you've got to translate them and Mm -hmm. it's a you know it's a full-time job as uh as the tiktok sound would say (laughs) extremely time consuming (laughs) and it's not as easy as you think (laughs) and it's also not nine to five you know if you are lucky enough to publish in all of those territories you are getting messages at 3 a.m and at midnight and at 4 a.m so when you wake up it doesn't feel like waking up to a clean inbox it feels like a never-ending that, roller coaster I'm sure you know what? so yes you, you, you have absolutely nailed it there it's um you don't get that clarity of thinking that's it that's the work finished for for the day but like you said we are all human and all we can do is our best Exactly. And I will wrap it up here um, because I'm so aware that your time is so super precious. But also, I hope that you never stop receiving messages and love for all of your books and content because it, it wouldn't it wouldn't feel the same without it. Well, I do you know what? It's, it is so lovely to have all the messages. And I do remember asking my publicist quite early on after I Let You Go had gone nuts and I was touring and the messages were coming in and I, I, we were having a coffee and I said, when do you think it will kind of calm down? And she, she sort of half laughed and she said, when you stop being successful? And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> so we don't want that then, do we? <laughs> so yes, long may it last. <laughs> 
good. Well, uh, I would raise a glass to that. So, Claire, thank you so much for joining us this afternoon. It's so thrilled to have you on the pilot season of our new podcast. And next up, you'll be able to hear some one-line reviews from some of the read-along participants from After the End and Hostage from the Tandem Collective read-alongs. I find the way Claire McIntosh writes, her books are so gripping, so thrilling, and the way she writes them just makes it downright impossible to put them down and it's just all her books are a must read in my opinion based on her writing style and how thrilling and gripping they are for the genre she writes love that interview Lex what I thought was really interesting was Claire speaking about how organically her Facebook group for is it hostage evolved because I think that's one of the beautiful things about social media and bookstagram for me that's something you can come into with the best of plans um, with other people's involvement and actually becomes something completely different and this just whole sense of community and for me that's what bookstagram that's what brings me back to bookstagram so I'd love that Claire referenced that. I think it takes a lot of humility as an author to plan your heart out into this launch and then see that your audience is taking it in a slightly different way and then go, you know what, actually, great, let's run with that. That sounds brilliant. Um, She could have stuck her feet in and demanded that we still felt according to her plan. But she's great. It was a, a great space to hang out in. Mm. felt very genuine and very honest like I love how she says um about social media do any of us really know what we're doing and the fact that it's a I think she refers to it as a fluid beast that changes all the time which is just so apt like it's not set in stone it's constantly moving uh, and it was really nice to hear her acknowledge that yeah and having like having having a community that she's built that's so passionate about what she does, but also having like a Facebook group like she describes that actually leads everything and like leads the content and leads the discussions. That's such a hard thing to actually create. So to have something that that's that like powerful is really impressive. And to be across everything. Like I only do one. I only do bookstagram when I do that badly. She's across (laughs) everything and she's nailing all of it. Yeah. I think you're nailing bookstagram, Jen. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so our next segment, Books Described Badly, in theory we're going to do every week. They might get trickier. We're going to take it in turns to host them. It's a fairly simple premise. We'll describe a well-known book, terribly, and you need to try and guess what it is. We'll have a, a guest box on the Tandem Collective Instagram, and we may even give you some clues midweek. So for the first one, a large cat and a spooky lady get into some mild peril with bedroom furniture. So just to repeat, a large cat and a spooky lady get into some mild peril with bedroom furniture. If you don't win anything, if you get the answer, just just brownie points from us. 
As always, we're open to your feedback, so please do hit us up at Tandem Collective UK on Instagram or using the hashtag Tandem Collective Talks. If there's anyone, content creator-wise, industry superstars, or your favourite author that you think we should feature on the podcast, then let us know. Join us for our next episode. Hopefully, by the time we record that episode, I'll be less full of hideous colds. But as usual, fantastic to be part of the Tandem community. Thank you, guys. And on that note, thank you so much for joining us for our pilot episode we can't wait to hear what you think bye, bye. see you later bye.